That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man that, well, there's nowhere else to say this, folks. He puts everything into a friendship competition because if he would do it, he would win JC. Absolutely. Because, you know, Nestlemania, today's also a big day, too. You know why? You're wearing headbands? Oh, no. You got the it shirt? finally came, baby. You got the shirt? It came uh, a couple days ago. I was very happy. So I'm like, you know what? I got to wear it for the knocker, you know, the guy's freaking still getting the top reactions on the show. So, you know, he's definitely going to be in the shine, but we are starting there. Nestlemania as we do transition into the shine. We do have a lot to get to. We'll get to AEW and NXT and all that fun stuff later. But there was one thing that really stood out above the rest for me this week, because this was a week of returns. It kind of had that raw after mania feel a little bit. And uh, my personal, personal favorite segment of the week was Ms. TV. It obviously kicked off with him in theory, which, those two are kind of a match made in heaven. Like I didn't, I never, I didn't ever guess I never really like thought about it, but I thought the Miz brought out the best in theory and with the little like compadre thing and the comparisons. And like, obviously we know like Vince loves both those guys. So I thought that was a ton of a fun and that would have been fine as it was in WrestleMania. But then we get Mustafa Ali. Yeah, look, I, we did. That was not something anybody here would ever, ever in their lifetime think that was going to happen. They made the joke about, you know, dropping the ball or leaving the ball and going home. They talked about the fact that he wanted his release and that he could get his walking papers, the whole shebang, because the Miz loves doing the tongue in cheek stuff, which, again, the reason why we love the Miz. I will say this much I really did not think that the Miz and Theory were going to be that, like, it felt like I was watching a father and son duo in a little way. Like, it was very odd where, like, he was like, hey, you can be me, but better, you know, like, or whatever. And, and and it was just kind of funny. Like, I could buy into a Miz and Theory tag team easily, very easily. Um, obviously, it would probably go very poorly for both of them because they would want the spotlight. But this must be like, I mean, you put it up in the shine right out of the way, JC. So I imagine that this is the greatest thing you've ever seen since sliced bread. And then Ali, they made the, the Mustafa joke, which you've done. All the, say, yeah. It was like, this was JC Central. It was just like, you made this entire segment. So I was so surprised that they had a match after, which, which again, which was great. And then Ali won with a roll-up that I'll allow because I didn't see it coming. So that's fine. I'll allow that one, not that stupid backwoods thing. But then, <laughs> then and only then, the another shocker was that Champa out of nowhere going after your boy. And I was I was shocked about that as well. Shots. Yeah, that's what I, I thought this was fun because there were so many moving parts and it kind of felt like that, like the best parts of Raw this week kind of had that where it's like, uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago how stacked the Raw roster was and now you're just throwing in a couple, like more guys to like really fill out the depth and Mustafa Ali and Champa and it seems like that you don't normally see two guys new to a program feuding, so that's kind of cool, so... But yeah, I thought this had a little bit of everything. I even love like uh, Mustafa got in the jokes on Miz being like, oh, if you know, if I wanted jokes, I'd just watch one of your matches and 
I just love how then Theory's like texting Mr. McMahon and gets Miz the match, and Miz is the best of being like, oh, what, you did what? You did what? You did what? <laughs> He's like, oh, no, you'll be fine. And yeah, no, I thought it was a good little match. It was... When I the thing about the Miz is we've seen it the last couple of weeks what's so beautiful about him is he's a great guy to kind of like get back into the waters of live TV matches because he does wrestle so safe and he's such a good heel so it's the perfect guy to put against Mustafa Ali who we haven't seen in what probably in like six months at least so and they're clearly going with a babyface vibe with him which I think is a very good decision because especially with how it was the dirty laundry was aired and we are all very familiar with his story about asking for his release not getting it and just going and sitting at home and now being back like that's relatable and that makes him likable. And I think this, it has potential for a good Ali run here. I'm not ready to crown him like a future world champion, like a lot of people, but I think he could be a very good baby face. That could be a mid card champion and be a very important part of raw, you know, going into the future. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Anything else you want to do? Or you want to get more into the other shines? Uh, no, that was my favorite segment, but I will say I did enjoy, and you know, we make fun of these segments a lot, but I did enjoy the kickoff to raw just because, you know, obviously we're celebrating Randy Orton, the GOAT, one of my favorites of all time. But it had a little bit of, like, all these cool little things. Like, obviously, we finally get the Randy and Cody, like, reunion where it's, like, the freaking Randy's the guy who brought Cody into the industry, and now he's coming back as a guy that, you know, is heavily featured, so it was cool to see that. And it's pretty much, like, the, the closeout to Raw was hilarious at the end of the match when he put his arms around Riddle and Cody. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Randy and his two favorite sons. And then Ezekiel just slides, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then there's that guy. Let's but not, anyway, yeah. I Let, didn't enjoy that. Let's not forget that Ezekiel is like two steps away from becoming the ultimate warrior with those tassels. Like I just, oh, yes, he is. And I, I love that it. he was involved in this WrestleMania because my question has been since Ezekiel comes back, is this going to be like a fun short-term thing where he fused with KO and then goes down the card to be like a 24 seven joke guy, or is he someone that I should take seriously? And by putting him with these other seven guys and putting him in a main event on a team with Randy Orton, Riddle and Cody Rhodes, WWE told me that, yeah, I should take Ezekiel seriously because he could be a player with it. And, like, I mean, he looks great in, like, the, the outfit that he has. He looks huge. Like, he looks like a guy that I could believe. Um, we obviously know that maybe Elias wasn't the best wrestler, but maybe his younger brother, Ezekiel, is a little better and more fine-tuned in the ring. Uh, so I thought this was exciting. And the eight-man tag, I did watch it. I didn't fast-forward it for once because it had a lot of things. And I thought it was a lot of fun. We got a million RKOs at the end. But, yeah, I thought this – I thought it was a good way to open and close Raw with something different. It had a lot of the storylines mixed together, which I think is something they don't always do enough because I think it helps kind of keep everything fresh. I'm, I agree with you. I, I appreciated the beginning of the the whole Raw. I thought Raw was great when, it, you know, that 20-minute segment and everything. And they did the whole, like, Cody Rhodes comes out. And there's something about Cody Rhodes where it's like he is a baby face. We get it. The reaction is there. But there's something about him when he, like, shakes somebody's hand and he just goes, like, well, he you has know, a like, very like, hateable he, face and he, that freaking neck tap, man. He does, I'm telling he does you, this thing, he, he does this thing with his face and his neck where he's like grimacing every time he does something like baby facey. And I'm just like, oh, he's waiting. He's waiting for that moment to just turn when he gets a chance. But again, it was great. Riddle, Riddle, you know, held it down. And of course, Ezekiel with his tassels, which again, I, the tassels. I, I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I love the tassels. I don't know. I, maybe it's because I love the Ultimate Warrior as a kid and he has like the same color palette. He has the hair. I'm wondering, just, you know, I'm just trying to think to myself. Well, he hey, looks great. He really does. He, he looks like a chiseled man. You know what I mean? And it's just like, he's probably a better worker than the Ultimate Warrior. He's like, you know, the Ultimate Warrior was doing promos where he was like snorting and he's going. <sighs> you know, doing all that stuff. Talking about how lawnmowers are going to run over him and he's going to prepare for, you know, take down cop pick door. Hulk Hogan. You know, all that other crap. Yeah. But if, if, if Elias, I'm sorry, Ezekiel does that kind of stuff, I'm in. 
I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I have no expectation of it. So I'm actually interested in what's going on here. I really am. And then the Usos come out, do the Usos things. We the ones. And they are. But I will say this much, JC. I'm really excited for WrestleMania Backlash. And I didn't think I was going to be. Yeah, no, it's one thing that show has done the last couple of years is it is a lot of like rematches, but it seems to be one of the better, like pure wrestling pay-per-views of the year. Um, so I think having the extra intrigue here, if they've done a good job of like adding some really cool things, like we, it seems like Roman Reigns isn't going to be on the pay-per-view. So I really feels like RK bro Usos could be the main event. And like we talk about WWE, not taking tag teams as seriously most of the time. I mean, this is a main event level feud and has been since they started it. And I really like that. It's obviously for the best guys they got going. So I think it's really cool. And I do think I do backlash. I mean, oh man, if the Celtics don't play that day, I might have to find a way to get the Providence because that card is looking nice. I look, so for me, I'm wearing the Monday. I can't read this because I put up the thing, but like I'm wearing the Monday night rerun t-shirt. Go to, you know, tpublic.com slash jobber for your boy TJ doing all his hard work over there. But I will say this much. I just, I thought WrestleMania backlash was going to be a WrestleMania rerun, right? And it kind of is in a different, you know, There's fashion. There's two of them, right? There's, There's Ronda, Charlotte, and... Uh, AJ Cody, Edge. Cody. Oh yeah, Seth Cody. Cody well, that, so that one doesn't feel like a rerun. Like, I can't feel it because Cody's amazing. No, because both of them are amazing. They're so, like my two favorite things going. So I think your boy Bert here has a very good point. You know, so I'm just I just wanted to make sure you saw this. So you know, he's coming out from the crowd losing his mind on Ezekiel was incredible, and I agree with with Bert because honestly, you know, KO has been doing amazing stuff, and him losing his mind might be my favorite thing ever because he's like. The fact that he went, he was like, you're going to let Randy Orton, the Viper, the Apex Predator, you're going to let, you're going to let him lie to you like that? Like, it was just great backstage. Like, did you forget you called me a fat ass last week? Like, the fact that he just gets, like, so upset. Like, he, he you know, like, he's, it's, and I'm right there. I've been that kind of person where I get upset over nothing. There you it is. don't say. There it is. Hmm. By the way, we've hmm. gotten about 12 minutes, uh, 10 minutes into this program, and I have not commented on your headband. Are you wearing headbands now? I just thought I'd do it today. It was either like do my hair, wear a hat, or grab a headband. So what was the, what, what is the headband gonna do though? No, it's just there. Yeah, but I mean, are you sweating profusely? Are you? Like, I maybe I might. I mean, I get hot and bothered on this podcast, you know. Sometimes, you know. So that's not the right hot and bothered. Anyway, whatever. Let's move on to something. Uh, I just wanted to. You called out my my. Well, you forgot to call out my hair. I know. But, I didn't even notice the last week. What is it? Dr. Joe, I think, had to point it yeah, out. Yeah, as me. a matter of fact, he just said this, that your headband is better than my haircut. So thanks a lot. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. But I will well, say this much. headphones on, I didn't notice it. You look like you have no head, though, because, like, you just, uh, whatever. It's, it's, you want to move it down? So we'll yes, it like that's this. better. I like the product placement. Adidas, if you want to be a sponsor of the Jobber Knocker podcast, please, all day, I dream about sex. So, you know, it is what it is. He really does. Anyway, up, Ray, your boy Ray's got some comments here, folks. Got to go upside down headband. What the hell? Upside down headband? This is this is too much for me. I'm going to ignore that. I'm sorry. Upside down. Well, yeah, I agree that. So Joe Pollock makes a good point too that you know reruns are expected, I suppose. But here's the issue with that, Joe. I I disagree a little bit with you because I feel like do people want to pay their hard-earned money to watch rematches? Yeah, if it's Seth Cody, AJ Edge, and I mean, AJ I guess Charlotte Ronda. If you could just yeah, no, leave Cody you do, out you of do. it. That's the, that's the beauty of it. It's like, you talk about it all the time. Sometimes WrestleMania is the beginning. For AJ and Edge, it was the beginning of their feud, so their feud continues. For Seth and Cody, it was the beginning of their feud, so it continues. Ronda, Charlotte, I mean, it seems like they're just kicking the can down the road for that one, but... Like, what do you expect, man? It's WWE. Like, we usually get, for their big types of feuds, it's usually best of three. Like, that, like that's how it is. Sure. You get three matches. 
Sure, I can't. I can't wait for you know the next Edge and uh, AJ match where it's gonna maybe maybe Finn you know becomes in a tag team with AJ and then we have the two dark monsters. Oh, it's coming! The, the internet is very very oh yeah heavy heavy breathers. You know the Nikita Lions fan club is excited for that one. The, so. Nikita, whatever. I, when you just did the ha ha breath, I thought of Britney Spears for a second. You know, like yeah 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 yeah. See, this is why I get hot and bothered. I'm like dancing, you know. We don't we don't have the detective son anymore. But. I know, right? Sorry about that. I really want to dance tonight with you. Sorry, I'll stop. Brittany's my girl, regardless of whatever's going on. Brittany's Brittany's amazing. Her life's a circus. Anyway, moving on. Anything else that's got very uh, you know shine worthy? Anybody get else on Raw? Or should we jump to SmackDown? I, look, there's a lot on Raw that I wasn't necessarily impressed with. There was a lot of eh. I thought here's okay. the thing. We all we know that we're, we're all we're all knowing that there's a European tour. So they're definitely playing it safe with a lot of these things. That's why the eight-man tag in the main event, all these other things that were kind of like the arm wrestling. We'll talk about that later. There's a lot of chuffa, in the words of uh, one of my friends. A lot of That's what he calls uh, chuffa. A lot of fluff. A lot of nothing. So feel free to use that in your everyday vernacular, folks. Chuffa. I won't. Chuffa. Stick to corn. I'm not going to talk about corn. It's fine. Do you, have, you ever, have you ever listened to corn? You're probably too young for corn. I was a kid. But the backwards are. I can't say I've listened to Corn in a long time. That's fine. That's fine. Corn's a great, great, uh, great band. Anyway, moving on. We should. Uh, somebody's asking us to put Veer in the. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, we want to do the Jobber category because I love sure. the Veer's I mean, Ray, Jobber match and I love Gunther's Jobber match. So here's the thing. I love look, enhancement talent. Right? We've talked about this on the program. Enhancement talent makes everything better. Everything better. Veer with that million dollar arm. Guthrie, eat your heart out. Because he's going to pitch a no-hitter every time. And honestly, I got to say, Veer beating up, I think his name is Sam Smothers, beating up he that poor bastard. He looked like Tim the Tapman, that oh dorky my. streamer. Look, all I got to say is, that man took a hell of a bump on the table. So, congratulations, Veer killed him, like Ray said. But also, you go to Gunther, and he beat up... Uh, Gunther. Gunther. He beat up Teddy Goods, who's from around here. Great guy. Amazing. Has an amazing store, by the way. Go check that stuff out. I forget the name of the actual... the 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 comic book uh, toy store he has. But go check that stuff out because Teddy's a really nice guy. Um, so let's support him in every way. But to see him on TV, see, you know, Sam Smothers, these are the things that get me excited. We're the Jobberknocker podcast. These are the things that make, to me, you know, those not they're not throwaway segments anymore. They're actual entertainment to me because, one, you get to see somebody you, you might know or you see something outrageous that you're just thinking to yourself, wow, like, that guy got squashed in two minutes. That was fantastic. And honestly, to me, it's a palate cleanse after a 20-minute promo. So I, yes. I'm, and I think that's that's the variety that I enjoy. And I think that's why the WWE does it so much better than everybody else because you can do something in two minutes with the jobber alert that you can't do with a five to 10 TV minute match. Yeah, it's important because you're highlighting like the best attributes of Veer and Gunther. You're making them look great. And you don't have to use someone from like on your roster to just kind of like throw them out there and get destroyed. It's like you just take someone else. So that way you're not devaluing other people to get someone else over. So, you know, it just it's it's Veer is uh, getting a little bit of the slower build, I feel like, because Gunther has more of the presentation right now with my boy Ludwig. And by the way, did you see on SmackDown when they were doing the thing and there was a kid in the background that did it at the same time? It was, it was perfect. Yeah, it's hard to do it sitting down. I, I, it's, it's, honestly, it looks like you're trying to be like a dolphin, like coming out of the water. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like it's like, I just it's it's weird. Like, you know how Finn gets the picture on Instagram? I feel like it's very similar to the like, you know, I, I just feel yeah, like it's cheesy it's, smile. Yeah, exactly. Your boy Bert here saying not loving the Veer. I don't know. Well, I, we better introduce him to Guthrie then. They they can be uh, Veer haters together. Yeah, go go follow at Guthrie or at sorry. Uh, 
Guthrie Roy Harford on Twitter. I think it's at the Guthrie Roy. At the Guthrie Roy. Excuse me. I don't know. I'm, I he tweets enough. I'm sure he pops up in every. He'll come in here and he'll tell us we're doing a terrible job. So your boy Bert can hang out with them and they can be miserable about the million dollar arm together. Imagine if imagine if Veer was managed by the million dollar man, insured that million dollar arm, and gave him the million dollar championship. I'm in there. I'm I'm gonna do it. That's in the wow, bonus. That's, that's a bonus hope just, right there. You just really pulled that out of Oh yeah, yeah thin air. I'm uh, looking with these people giving me shit. I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this thing. Come on. Let's do it. I think I'm in on Veer all the way, baby. That's it. I mean, I you know, I'm I I I support the Veer because it's something new and he's clearly a powerhouse. But yeah, like it's a it's a slow play. So until we get a little more from him, it's hard for me to really give him a full judgment right now. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. I thought yeah. a lot of SmackDown was kind of, I mean, it was better than Raw on a lot of issues, but I felt like it was kind of, like you said, it was mid, right? Raw was, was very top-heavy, but then it, like, really fell off. SmackDown was, this was probably the weakest SmackDown in the last couple weeks. The only other thing that I really had highlighted was, I mean, I'm just enjoying Madcap Moss, man. He beat, he squashes Angel, and then we finally, we finally get some contact between him and uh, Corbin. So that one appears to be, like, we're back on track now. And I'm excited for that feud, man, because these are two guys that have the history together. They're together a long time. Like, Madcap's really starting to hit, like, you know, full speed ahead. And it's, you know, it's time for Corbin to try to get some of the payback. So that was probably, like, my highlight from SmackDown this week and a SmackDown that was kind of mid. I Look, I will say this much. It was mid, but I will say that I really enjoyed the, well, it was the Jay Uso match, basically. It, it, the Jay Uso, like, getting Jay Uso against Riddle, to me, reminded me that Jay Uso is so fucking awesome. Like, I just, I, you always forget how great the, like, you don't forget how great the Usos are as a tag team. I'm not, you know, Jimmy's not a bad wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, but you forget about main event Jay Uso sometimes, right? And then all of a sudden you see this match against Riddle and you're like, wow, he really is that good, you know? And so I thought that was a nice reminder for me, at least as, you know, watching at home, because you, you take for granted that, you know, the Usos are really incredible. I, and again, still number one tag team in wrestling. Probably, uh, definitely in the WWE. Maybe right now in general. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate from the Young Bucks and the FTR fans. But, there are, like I know. said before, it's the top three, man. Like, you can put them in any order. I can't disagree between Usos, FTR, and right. the Young Bucks. Like, those are the top three. Anything else that you really, really enjoyed? Or do you want to get into Haiti things? We can get into the heat. Because I think a lot of the rest of the stuff, I mean, you know, it's kind of, I know you probably didn't like some of it. And the rest of it was just kind of like, eh. Well, get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. <laughs> By the way, did you hear a pew pew? Somebody, I forget who it was. One of the women said pew pew. And I, I, I lost it. I should have, I think it made it, maybe it been Becky, but we'll talk about that later. It made me crack up. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she said pew and I was almost going to take the sample and put it in here for you. Uh, so <laughs> look, it. so of course we had uh, Charlotte and uh, Rhonda having this contract signing. We all know how JC feels allergic to contract signings. Yeah, is a thing, great. but a good, not you know, great. the Gulak coming again, coming in hot. I gotta, I gotta love the Gulak. I, I, I just, it's, it's to me, I feel like here's the thing that people aren't thinking about. And I might be just a hope machine today, but I think Charlotte would really benefit from being the queen with having Gulak as a peasant and just treating him like shit. I think that'd be hysterical. That would be kind of good. Yeah. I think that way it makes Charlotte hateable even more. Gulak's gonna feel bad. Not that you can have a come up, you know, like a cup up, uh, you know, like Gulak's gonna get his hands on Charlotte. I know that's weird, but I think that that would be really cool to see Gulak kind of like just fail at every job because Charlotte's gonna beat the shit out of him. Then Charlotte's you can like, say oh. it. Be, be like her cuck. Just cuck him. Well, you can say those words because, you know, you're you and you wear headbands. People with headbands can get away with anything. That's true. You watch that 70s show? Ashton Kusher wore headbands. He says, I'm wearing he headbands did. now. So, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, you can get away with it. I, if I wore a headband, 
I'd look like a rubber band was squeezing, you know, all the life out of me. But that's, you know, you look good in it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What? No, I do. I do agree with your point, though, about Charlotte is there is something right now. Like, I mean, we saw like last week we talked about like how good she did looked in that segment. And I think it is having someone to kind of like beat down will help because, yeah, just like this feud, like. I don't know. It's just it's just kind of there, man. It just feels kind of there. The one thing is like it's still like they're gonna put it at WrestleMania backlash, and with the live crowd, it'll be fine because Ronda's gonna get a reaction, Charlotte's gonna get a reaction. They're gonna be fine when the bell rings, but it's just like the lead up continues to just be like, yeah, it's not I good. It's not good. And of course, Joe, not Joe, knock knock it off, Joe, because Ellsworth is not talented, and Gulak is very talented. So in your face, Flanders. Um, moving on. <laughs> I love Joe. I just give him a hard time. Uh, moving on to something else, you know, I just, we've gotten this far into the program without mentioning Lumberjacks. Mm. So I figure this is probably a good time to turn on the program here and talk about, here's my PSA. Lumberjack matches are the drizzling shits. Plain They're better than WWE steel cage matches. Oh, sure. But I don't... Which we're getting next week. I know. Which was already taped, I'm sure. Our boy Ray can, yeah. can confirm on that one. I skipped one. the spoilers, though. We're, we're going we're gonna to go I on that I skipped the spoilers, out. too, mainly because I don't have any time to read them. But other than that, sure. I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. Your boy, uh, Joe Pollock, throwing shade at saying uh, headbands uh, create five heads. So be careful. Five heads? Be careful what does that mean? That your forehead becomes a five head. No, we don't so make my forehead. There you go. I can really accentuate the forehead. Or we can... We can no, he was it saying up. drag it down so that you don't oh. end up with the five head. Whatever, it's fine. Could you, yeah, it's like you're like a little bit closer. You could do the Star Trek thing, or you could just do it blindfolded. That'd be a cool little uh, thing. There you go. People at home can think, what the hell is he doing? I don't know. I got to tune in. So, this is what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I don't, I don't necessarily love lumberjack matches. I thought this was kind of a fluff. Well, the one thing that, like, thing. usually with the lumberjack matches, at least visually, like when you have like, I don't know, 20 people around the ring, more, but it felt like they had like three people outside the ring. So, it's like, I don't know. It was very, it showed like how like not deep the SmackDown roster was. Uh, so and that, there are obviously some people they purposely leave away from the lumberjack matches because I don't want them part of the tomfoolery. But if you're going to do a lumberjack match, which we agree already isn't the best match in the world, like at least the best part of it is the aesthetics of all the people. And it's just like, it felt like there was no one out there. So it felt like it was a half-ass lumberjack match and, you know, so it just like it fell flat for sure. When you say half-assed lumberjack match, do you think that men in flannel or women in flannel make that match better, or is it really just the bad guys beat up the good guys, you know, and, and vice versa? Like, does does that really make a difference for you if you're hearing a lumberjack match, or is there something that like needs to happen in that match for JC to get excited? No, I just want more people around the ring because it, it just gives more like chance for like little comedy spots. So when you're doing a lumberjack match, you're already leaning into the comedy. So it's like give me more people outside the ring to give me the woo -woo 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 moment. So you know, so at least make it like even though it's a bad concept for the most part, at least make it entertaining. And this one wasn't really that entertaining. I, I agree with you. I mean, Sami Zayn did the best he could uh, leading up to it, talking about, "Hey, I acknowledge you." You know, like I thought that was great with Roman Reigns. That was a good segment. You know, that yeah. was a great segment. I thought that was wonderful. And I, I almost thought that Roman Reigns was going to come out and help Sami Zayn win, which maybe they're waiting to next week. I didn't read the spoilers, so I don't know. But where it seems like we're on a collision course at some point with the Mac and, you know. Well, like you said, they're going overseas, and that's going to be the headliner. And I so that means that hopefully by then Roman is healthy. It seems like we got that immediate, like, tease with Shinsuke, but they kind of just pushed that aside because – 
I guess Shinsuke just, he's, you know, I, what I would have done is just have Roman squash him at freaking backlash, but I don't know, maybe he's not cleared to compete, but it does seem like, yeah, they're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to Roman Drew, which is what we've been all expecting. And then with the announcement of the, uh, the European tour, it's like, okay, we're going to get delayed to then because like, I mean, Roman Drew, like that's like the biggest headliner you can make for over there. So that's, that's a big deal. And it's going to feel like, you know, the first time I think in a while that Roman's reign will be in doubt. So I think that will be interesting for it. Um, but I do want to move on to another part that was kind of, we had another comeback this week, I guess you could call it, is uh, your girl, Zia Lee, who had this really cool entrance that we saw like once, then disappeared on TV, then came back for like one week as like the protector and was protecting Aaliyah. But then she was gone like for like two or three months. And now she's back again and she's no longer the protector. She's just protecting herself. So it appears in a short backstage promo, they're just like, oh yeah, no, we're just going to make her a heel now. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what to expect with her because I thought the presentation was really cool when they brought her up to SmackDown with all like the crazy Fox graphics and the, the 4K and all that craziness. It, like, it looked like a cool presentation when they kind of left it, and now she's looking more like a generic heel. So I'm curious your take because I know you're very high on Zia Lee. I thought that she definitely has an it factor to her. I don't know what it is. I, I, no one really knows what it is, really. Um, but I, when I look at it, I think about this, JC. She didn't really do anything anyway. So it's like it's a false start, in my opinion, right? So yeah, I feel but like, what, like they didn't even like try to do it. They probably should have. No, but I mean, what do you, I mean? Honest to God, what is she going to do? Save Aaliyah for the fourteenth time? It just yeah, you know, get Aaliyah on my TV. I mean, she's just farting with Ricochet. I mean, who wouldn't? Man, did you say farting fart. or flirting? Flirt. Uh, no, Natalia was the farting gimmick. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was farting. that was a, those are dark times for the women's division. I, oh, there's also Piggy James. I forgot about that until you just said yeah. all that farting stuff. So. Now we got Piggy Wardlow. Yeah, well, you know. Throwing motherfuckers around like they're nothing. It's fine. Like a goddamn pizza. Uh, moving on to something else that I thought was kind of mid or just terrible in general. I just don't care about Sasha, Naomi, Natty, Shayna. Sorry, Ray. Don't care. You know, Shayna. I think it's um. I think it's you stick up the pins and you let them knock them down. You know. Yeah, I mean they got to beat tomato can somehow, right? They got to beat yeah. somebody. So I mean, I, I understand that, but I don't. What I don't understand is they could have had an amazing tag team division they could have they got I mean, rid they of everybody and then they're like no but see here nxt in general look nxt in general has a better women's tag team division that is non-existent than WWE's a better women's division than any other division they're so deep right but i'm just saying like you could just say that look it doesn't make any sense at all to have two sets of women's tag titles you could just have them go to, to, I, to i agree to they tried that but then they just never ended up on nxt except for like once they're just not so going to make the effort to do it now. But, I mean, like, well, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the other thing that they're not thinking, or maybe they just don't care. You bring down Dolph Ziggler. You bring down Natty, right? Why not just bring down tag team champions to the freaking roster every could. once in a while? They you did. They tried it. And, you know, I just, I don't know. It's they just, just stupid to me. I, I think part of it is that we saw, and especially with, like, the Rumble, and we didn't get any NXT right. people in it and stuff, and a lot of the changes when they get called up is that I think Vince wants to keep it as, like, different worlds. Yeah. But I think he's okay with, like, tossing people in the pond, be like, yeah, Dolph, go down there for a couple months. Natty, go down there for a few weeks. Because that was OG NXT when it was on the network. It was like, Sheamus would go down and have a main event with Aiden English. Like, it just, that stuff was cool. We liked it. And they did it with AJ and Waller too. So it's like, I think that's fine. But I think for the most part, he doesn't want to have like that crossover. I think the only time I really saw that was that Survivor Series a few years ago. I think he just wants it to be separate because it really wants NXT to be more of that developmental now. So, I mean, if you're going to have women's tag titles, they got to be separate. But it's like, you know, 
It just, it's it's one of the it was the, this is actually my biggest heat of the week if we can move back to raw is obviously that that Sonya match my biggest issue with it was they restarted a few times and there was a complete throwaway is she brought out Zelina and Mella together who had this big breakup a couple weeks ago where Zelina never wanted to be a part of her and they're coming out smiling together I'm like what the fuck are we doing like you're just trying to like if they do this all the time it's like oh yeah just forget what you saw and then obviously back in the backstage segment they kind of teased them breaking up again but then Sonya slapped them both and they looked like reunited again so i'm just like what are we doing here like it's you just like throw them they just walk out together like what are we doing nobody cares nobody watches your segments get it out there you know whatever here's the other more impressive thing about belair is that she's like oh i beat three people and then i just threw her on the kod and we're done and you know for me it was weird because they made such a big deal about her being from tennessee and it was just really i think it was top of the hour i'm not it really it was the second it was after the opening segment so it was like in the okay middle so it wasn't even the, it wasn't it wasn't top of the hour it was in the mid yeah. it was just somewhere and i felt like that made it feel not special like it was a women's a raw women's championship in her hometown you would figure if it wasn't the main event and i understand that because randy orton is kind of supersedes everything. and also the way this match went it would have been a very letdown main event I, maybe that's fair that's a fair but i mean top of the hour at least don't you think yeah no i think i think this is one thing because you see people like i think this is where like the negative reactions kind of play in is they probably had bigger plans for this match but then they saw like the outcry about people just ripping on sonya which is dumb because guys like you can't like complain about someone getting a shot and then all of a sudden say they're underutilized like after so fuck all y'all but i think and they see stuff like that they realize like okay the fans aren't responding to this this whole thing was just about to supposed to be about bianca anyway so i guess it doesn't feel as big i think miss tv was probably one of the top of the hours and maybe the arm wrestling was the other i'm not sure so but i don't know it definitely it definitely felt like this so as they felt like it was going to be a bigger deal and then i think when they got to it they realized like yeah no this wasn't this isn't what we think it's going to be so it probably is a good decision that happened on tv and not on backlash but who knows bianca doesn't have an opponent yet for backlash so we sony could give herself a rematch i mean she could hopefully not i mean the thing that it was interesting to me was that she slapped both of them like real hard, and then it just was like, and I, I know they're getting to like that that culmination, that climax of like she's either gonna get fired or lose her official status or whatever. But it's just hard for me to watch it because I feel like we're 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 at the point where we just want to see Sonya Deville wrestle. We don't want to see Sonya Deville do the official stuff anymore. And I mean, Adam Pierce, as much as I'm an Adam Pierce, whatever detractor, he's a much more him. official official. He is official officially official. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He's just an official. Uh, it's it is what it is, folks. But I just uh, I don't know what it is about Sonya Deville. Like I just you go from Daddy Deville to being this badass right before the whole thing you know transpired, and then she came yeah. in and did this thing, and it's just it's run its course over and over and over again. Unless she's gonna go back to wrestling full time, that I don't think anybody else really gives a shit. Honestly, I really don't. So. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely like I think what this has done is it's helped build her up as like one of the more hateable heels. But it's just at some point, like this storyline kind of needs to end, and it feels like we're getting to that point. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm with you because like Sonya Deville is a badass, but it just it's you know it, it just it can't get out of its own way right now. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Your boy Ray feels like uh, they should book this match up here: Sonya versus Bianca. If Bianca wins, Sonya loses her power as an executive. It's maybe like he has some insight intel. I'm just asking. It sounds like it. Uh, but I that don't would know. make sense. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good book there. You should give Ray the book, you know, and let him. Yeah, I mean, it much. would like. I just the, the tough thing for me with this, and it's been like this the whole time, and I've kind of hinted at it. I have not right said it, but Sonya has been like very like specific on the people she's been targeting. And I don't, I don't think it's on purpose, but the way it's coming off, it just it doesn't, it doesn't look great. I mean, it's gonna get her a lot of heat and hate, but like, 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it hasn't been the most well done thing from start to finish. A lot of their, a lot of their things aren't good start to finish. It's very no. difficult some of these times now. It's just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work very well. And it's whatever. Moving on to things that I don't think worked very well. There was that random mixed tag with the stupid Dana loses. And then uh, everybody, talking about it. everybody move on from that. We're going to just acknowledge the fact that it occurred. The end. Moving on to something that really, I mean, it was exactly what I expected. Omas in the uh, arm. I expected Bobby to win because Bobby, you know, I expected the Yakuza kick from MVP before there was a winner, but this is fine too. Obviously. I think it was smart to give Bobby the initial like thing because he's on his own. He does kind of need to still, they need to keep his almighty edge. It can't be all Omas just destroying him because especially since this is match number two, I would think Omas will win this one. It'll set up the rubber match. Um, so I think that it was important for Bobby to get something out of it before Omas completely destroyed him. But what I did really like is the segment, like whatever it was, it was a typical arm wrestling, not the best, not the worst, but what I liked later was the promo by MVP. And I think it's the best point in the whole point of this feud and be like, yeah, Bobby, you may, you, you thought this was all about brawn, but no, it was about brains. And that's what MVP is. Cause this feud is about Bobby thinking he doesn't need MVP anymore and MVP being mad about it because MVP is the brains of the operation. So now he's taking, he's taking his brains to team up with Omos to help raise him in his career and at the expense of Bobby because now Bobby's kind of on his own. And I thought this was a good way to really highlight it in an effective manner. And I thought the backstage promo later in the show really brought that home. So I thought that was important. I feel like we're already there, though. I don't know how much more they can add besides... Oh, you know, yeah, that, we're definitely there. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. For, I mean, is it two weeks away? It feels like it's two so. weeks away. I think it's a week from Sunday. Okay, so are they going to flip a car? Are they going to do a keg stand run? Like, what, what are they going to do an obstacle course? Are they going to go to the gym and lift the most weight? Like, what else can they possibly do without wrestling each other? I don't know. I'll just Google all the, Stro all the Strowman segments from back in the day. Dude, Whatever if, he's if done, Omos, these guys If Omos flips a truck, is he Strowman status? I mean... Strowman's, Strowman's stronger than Braun, him. Strowman yeah, is definitely stronger Omos, than him. Like, Omos is, is awesome in a different way. Braun was like truly one of a kind because Goof. the way he did things was that mix of like awesomeness and goofiness. Like Omos isn't that goofiness, which I think is a good thing. He's more of like the big brooding like ass kicker. So it's, it's hard. It's different. It's different, but I think it can be effective, especially with Omos as the big heel. But now that he has a manager all my questions and issues with him, how he was being presented are gone since his breakup with AJ, because now when he does talk, it's like two uh, frothing words and MVP does the rest. So it's, that's what needed to be done. And I'm glad it happened. Moving on to something that I wanted to talk about because we seem to always put these people in the heat. The, uh, the mountain of omnipotence with the judgment day, I guess is now what they're calling themselves. Judgment, that, I don't mind it. Judgment day. I don't mind it either, but it's just weird because I feel like there could have been something better. Like, I feel like Judgment Day is a placeholder name. Well, so the, the thing that I thought of cool that was cool about it is that was like Edge's pay-per-view, it seemed like, back in the day. I think he was on, like, two of the posters. So I think it kind of makes sense. But the one thing, like, it's not really heat for me. This was just kind of like I'm still waiting to see how it plays out because there's not a lot, like, actually happening. And so it feels like we're still setting up. But I thought Edge on the throne was a cool look. And Damien, I was, like, that, on his side. And immediately when I saw that, I said, okay, there is going to be a third person at some point because someone else has to be on, on uh, the other side of Edge. So I thought it was cool the way they did it. I thought the presentation was cool. The match, like, obviously, I like that they sold it as unfinished business with Finn, and Finn's just going to continue to go out there and lose, which, you know, I think it's fine for right now. But, I yeah, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing because I feel like when this picks up, 
is that is going to be when Finn and AJ have to combine to take on these two. And I think that's maybe when we get the third man. So I think that's kind of what I'm waiting for, where everything else is just kind of treading water. But I do like every week that we're getting a little more presentation-wise to add to this, like, to this dark gimmick, because I think the entrance this week really added a little more gravitas to uh, wow, their presentation. What a $5 word. Yeah. Who are you, Ronda Rousey? I wish. Gumption. I'd be rich and I'd Gumption. be an ass kicker. Uh, look, I will say this much. I really love the promo. I really love the entrance, right? Like the whole thing. And the match actually was pretty good. The yeah. one thing that I will say is, and I'm not I'm not harping on Finn specifically. I'm harping on the way that they treat the character Finn Balor. It's like all Edge did was stand up and it distracted him enough to be like, come on, you're Finn fucking Balor. Like, what are you doing? And it's just like, oh my God, he got out of his seat. Is he going to do something? And then I got crotched and then I got beat. And it was just, okay, I get that they're outnumbered. I get that. You can talk me into that. But what I, you can't talk to me is the poor guy had an act of God, like beat him. What three six months ago? I mean, he like, fell off the top he rope. A demon, so He's God very powerful. Whatever. And then like this week, Edge went, and then they just he loses. Like it just to me, it just makes me like again. It's not Finn. It's just the way that Finn is written makes it look like anything and everything can make him lose. And I just, I just don't like that. I don't like that at all. It just makes me not want to cheer for Finn Balor as much as I'd like to because I feel like here comes Finn Balor. What the fuck? You know why they can do it to Finn Balor, though? It's because he's consistent in terms of being over. Like, people, we all just like Finn Balor. He's fucking cool. That music kid, he comes like, oh, it was like when Randy Orton was in the ring with him. He's fucking doing it, too, though. Oh. It's just like, you can't help it. So, like, it's they know they can do whatever they want to Finn Balor, and it's not going to fucking matter. Because if they decide next week, like, oh, we're going to push Finn Balor again, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no one's going to fucking care. So that's why he's one of those guys that Vince knows he can mistreat. And he knows it'll be a narrative that'll continue to keep Finn relevant because Finn's always been the guy. Like people point to that promo where he came out and Finn was like, yeah, we know you don't like me anyways. So it's like WWE has always been good at really leaning into that because it keeps these baby faces as super baby faces. So when they need them, they're already over. They don't have to do any work. You make their job easy by hating it like that. Like, so it's just like, it's effective. So that's why they're willing to do it with Finn. Cause I like, we can bury him in the trash heap. Cause when we decide to pull him out with the claw, like it's going to place is going to go nuts and boom, easy. They don't even have to work for it. They don't have to work for it. No, they don't have to work for it, man. It's just there. It's like you're rolling in, you lay down and it boom, sounds lazy. Go. I just, I gotta say it sounds really, it is, lazy. but you can be my point. That's my whole point is they can be lazy with Finn because as fans, we like him so much. And the narrative is there that he gets mistreated. They know they can like, it doesn't matter because it's like, it plays in the right into them. They don't even have to worry about it. Okay. That's fine. It's easy. Speaking of easy, Nestlemania. Yes, Xavier Woods making that backwards look Stop really it. We're easy. Not, we're, not, we're not. We're not going over. Uh, you want it? You you fail to acknowledge the twenty four seven. I'm gonna fail to acknowledge backwards from now on. That's it. We're not talking well, about it. I'm just gonna. Can I just say this? That I know we're in the heat, but I everything about Butch, I fucking love. I, I love do this, too. Like, they can't control him. Like he's like this little fireball. I hate. Like honestly, like. I think this is the most effective way they could have debuted him because, like, the biggest question with, like, I, I've always been a Pete Dunn guy. So, for me, it wasn't going to be an issue. But the biggest issue a lot of people have is his size. But having him in this type of role and kind of leaning into it but making him look like a psycho badass, like, you're, make, you're like, pushing that out of the way because you're making it entertaining, but you're also making it believable. This guy will beat your beat your ass because he's a fighter. So, I, I really – I think it's a lot of fun. And, like, you can tell Sheamus is kind of enjoying it because it's something different than he gets to do. Because we know Sheamus is really good at the comedy stuff, but 
he doesn't always get to like do it. So I think kind of leaning into it, mixing it in with doing the fun stuff with the new day, like as silly as this feud is, like I am enjoying it. And mainly because like the Butch stuff, I I'm just really enjoying Butch flying across the air. I know it was another time, but like Butch flying and hitting him over the table and like smacking right into the merchandise stand. I just was like, this is, this is outstanding. This is, give me this every time. Like the fact that they did a promo and they turned around and they're like, where the fuck is he? And then they just lost him to me was just like, I wanted to see more and more and more where that went. Like, what did what would Butch get into? Like that that to me was like that's more than one segment to me. That's like throughout the night you could thread the needle with that on a SmackDown. But I don't think they have the time on SmackDown. To do I those think things. they're threading through the week because like oh like one thing the WWE social has been doing is like where's Butch and like is Butch is in Vegas and they're like doing all these photoshops like so I think they're doing what you're saying, but instead of doing it the whole show, they're doing it over weeks, which I think is effective. Ray, we're not going to acknowledge anything. That's I'm this is the this is the official end of the acknowledgement. All right? So you can stop. You can stop your your ass your assholey kind of hey, thing. At some here. point in WrestleMania, I might have to start acknowledging the backwards and by default you're gonna have to nope, deal with it. Nope, I will mute you. I have the power to mute you uh, on this program. You're on you're you're at my my whim. I can do whatever I want. Wow. I have the power. That's the scary thought. I know. And I look great in my blue jacket, by the way. You come up looking like you yeah, got as, out of your as bed Dr. with your Joe said earlier, You raided Charlotte's closet. That's her coat. Hey, you know what? If I could be in Charlotte's closet, I think I'm doing pretty well in life. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. What? What? You, what? I said, I'm sorry, mama. I never meant to hurt you. You. I never meant to make you your cry. Your singing tonight, is just... Nestles in Charlotte's closet. Dun, dun, dun. Sure, we're going to end up. We're going to end up with it. Yep, just a Photoshop of me peeking out of a closet. Yep, there you go. Where's your boy, Dr. Joe? Have Billy do this. Oh, God. Peeking out of a closet like this. Peeping Adam. Yeah, who the fuck is Adam? Who the fuck is Adam? There's no Adam on this fucking program. Get the fucking shit out of here. Oh, Lord. All right, you want to get hopeful? I guess. I don't have one yet. You don't have a hope. Glorious. You're my only hope. Here's my hope. You ready for this? I want. I want Edge to have this, like, five to ten, just, like, a necessary amount of people. Like, that's what I think would look really cool with him. Not, like, druids and stuff and, like, then the you know, the real characters. But I feel like having... The Ministry of Judgment Day? Sure. Why not, right? Like, I think the more people, the more impressive the faction is. Like, Judgment Day, like, even if he calls, like, even if there's, like, a lower level of, like, his jurors, you know what I mean? And then, like... The bailiff or the punishment is is Martinez, and then there's Edge, the judge, or you know the the executioner. You can find all sorts of nonsense that'll go with it. Um, I want the, not that they're gonna bring out, you know, they're not gonna cut anybody's head off with it, but you know what I mean. The guillotine. I just they think might cut like, Finn's head off. They can always pop it back on. I just I feel like what we're headed towards here is that, and I'm starting to see it here. It's gonna be AJ Finn and some type of iteration of like sniffing around the bullet club not necessarily bullet club but it's going to be like the club ish versus judgment day and i think the culmination is going to happen somewhere around survivor series in boston and i really do believe that it's going to be like a gang warfare because i don't i don't think that the judgment day faction is going to be as good you know with just like two or three people i think the more it grows the better so for me every single time i see edge get somebody I kind of want to see AJ Styles get somebody too. And I think like, not like in direct response the day of, but like as, as a response, maybe the next week. Cause I think 
Not that AJ's promo heavy is, is you know, like, I'm really excited to see AJ Styles talk. I'd really like to see AJ Styles wrestle. But I think that, like, in these other moments where, yeah, I don't want to see multi-man matches, but I think having a bigger faction for both sides would build up Edge's Judgment Day very much because you can see that's where the money is. It's not necessarily with the other guys. But having enough of a gambit of people to run against Judgment Day might work. Now, don't go the, the route of Union back in the 1990s because that one was fucking awful with Mick Foley and Shamrock and Tess. <coughs> and that was fucking drizzling shits. But, like, you can you can see something here with Judgment Day. And I think that having a lot of people would be really, really important for this to take off because I think it could be a faction that we talk about for years to come. I mean, he's only going to be around. What, Edge is only going to be wrestling for another two years or so. So I just, I look at it like his days are numbered, but he could still, you know, be the the face of that faction for years, years and years and years, if, if it goes well. So I'm yeah, and I think it's I think it's a good opportunity. I think Priest was the perfect first guy. We've kind of all like talked about who could be the other guys, but I don't mind it because I think Edge is at that point in his career where like the mentor role really does work well for him. He's obviously still going to be the featured guy, and I could see him getting a world title run before he's done. And I think having the faction as a heel is an easier way to do it because you kind of drape a lot of these guys in gold and kind of make it like a thing, kind of like how the Hurt business was for a little while. And you seems like you want it even bigger which I don't think is a bad idea. So the immediate thing that came to mind that I could see them do is that I think that they could do like AJ Finn and Liv sure. if, if Rhea joins the Judgment Day and then have Rhea team with Priest and Edge. And so I think it's, I think it is really cool. I think like the, you know, I think it's a lot of fun. The fact that we have this like Edge group and thinking of some of these new people that could be in it, whether it's a Ciampa or a Dijak or someone like that. And I love that even on SmackDown, I know it's only been in dark matches so far as we have LA Knight has built a little faction with Knight model management. We know he already has Mace or Face and there's rumors he could be adding Monsoor, but I think it's, you know, WWE sometimes doesn't do factions the best, but I think at times it helps everyone involved to be part of a faction because it gets everyone on TV, even if they're not wrestling every week. It gives more opportunities for different type stories. And, I mean, Raw's a three-hour show, so having a variety of different things always helps. So I think building up this Judgment Day um, into, like, a full-blown ministry would be kind of compelling. So. And I think here's the other this is a bonus little hope here. What, and I know this is people are going to look at me and be like, you're fucking stupid, Adam. But here's the thing that I would say. You sit there and you say, okay, you got just visually, right? You look at it and you think of everybody that that can hold championships on Raw, right? You've got Edge with the championship. You've got Punishment Martinez with his United States Championship. If you get Champa, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, he's going to be in a tag team, folks. What if Johnny Gargano came back? Oh, TJ with, a, with TJ. a dark, a dark Gargano, right? Dark Gargano, saying like, I showed you the way." And you guys let me leave this place? Like Corny as fuck. But I know, but like they could find a way to shoehorn DIY back in. I'm sure they get popped for that. But like, you know, Rhea with the championship of the Raw. I mean, if you want to throw a women's tag team titles in there too, but like you could do something visually that would look really cool with all of them. And changing the straps to all black would be cool. You know, like doing all these little things to make it very deep and dark with the goth, I think would be really cool. So they need at least five, but I'm hoping for like 10. I think that'd be yeah, really so cool. Yeah, so we could go, we have Edge, Priest, Rhea, 
Champa and Dijak. Boom. There's but five. see, I don't That's think Champa do. and Dijak. I mean, they're friends, and obviously, you know, they're from around here. But I'm just the reason why uh, I point to them is because I think they're guys that could pull off like the dark heel gimmicks, and they're also guys that like obviously Champa finally made his debut this week. But like, I saw Dijak standing around the ring for the Randy Orton thing. It's like they're not using this guy. We know this guy is good. Like he'd be the perfect guy to have as part of this. That's why I point to them, you know, because I think they're just. I love looking when factions are being created, looking for guys that aren't really being utilized that you could maximize their value by getting them here. And then that would really help re kickstart their career. So. so would you rather see Martinez? I keep saying Martinez priest and Dijak together as a tag team. Do you think like the twin tower kind of looking thing? Like I'm, the powers I'm, of willing pain? To, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I think it's cause once you get them all in a group, I think you can kind of all mix them around, you know? So, so. Then, the, then the issue becomes, then is there somebody that can supersede and, and take on edge to like, I mean, you think, you think by priest would be the guy because obviously we just saw the lawn rain. We were kind of already talking like we can see this guy in the main event someday. And I think Vince really saw that this guy can look good as a champion, as a, even as a baby face. So I think long term, yeah, I think the idea would be that eventually like it, this, this, this felt like when they first did it, like this is how we're going to elevate priest. Now that he's dropped the mid card title, like how do we continue to build him to the next step? And this makes sense under the tutelage of edge. But you never know, because sometimes, you know, best laid plans, they change depending if you get someone else in there, they get super hot, you know, and they could be the ones that eventually take over. It doesn't always go as you plan with factions. That's the beauty of it is, you know, sometimes the guys you don't expect as much become the stars. Sure. So. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, I think you've, you've stalled enough time. Would you like to give your hope? Yeah, I came up with it and I forgot it, but I just remembered it. And mine is I'm going to head over to AEW and we're going to, we're going to curse you, Nestlemania, once again, because I want to talk about Hook and Danhausen because Danhausen got like by crinkling Hook's chips, he finally fully got his attention and got him to like like react. And I was like, whoa, like no matter what they do with this, I think it's already awesome because Danhausen is just, he's such a unique character where it's just like I think having him like if his like match against Hook, like I don't even know if Danhausen is rising, maybe he did on Dark, but not on TV. Like it would feel like a big deal, and I think it's a great thing for Hook because Hook's kind of in that thing right now where all they really do is give him the jobber matches because I think they know he isn't ready to be like a top of the card champion type thing, so they're really slow playing it because uh, he's a super like he's awesome. He's going to be super awesome. Super young, the, super great. Yeah, exactly. He's he's literally like he's a baby. So it's just they're going slow, and I think this Danhausen thing is so much fun. And I don't know if they're going to, maybe they do the match immediately this week, but I wouldn't mind because immediately when I saw it, I'm like, think of how fun it would be if Dan Housen was kind of like, not, I wouldn't call it a manager for Hook, but just a guy that kind of like followed Hook around and like did things. And like at first, like Hook just like doesn't really acknowledge him like he's there, but Dan Housen like starts helping them out with things and they end up being like this weird, like this weird duo, not really a team because I think it's all about Hook, but I think it'd be an interesting way to use Dan Housen as opposed to him just like falling around Orange Cassidy. I think him with Hook, it just it just gives you such a different vibe. It does seem like they're gonna do maybe the fight first, but even if they do do that and Hook like squashes Dan Housen, I wouldn't mind if Dan Housen just kind of follows him around like a ghost and like does things. And just I think there's so much fun with these two on screen together. I think it maximizes Dan Housen and it maximizes Hook. And AEW like has so much stuff that kind of feels the same to me. Where it's just like you have these pure wrestlers like nameless, faceless a lot of the times, even if we do like them. That this is different enough and still awesome that it's just like. 
like a different flavor when I'm watching Dynamite. And it's the, one of the things that stands out because of that, because the rest of it does really feel the same right now. So I'm all for this. That's kind of my hope is to kind of keep these two together in some capacity. It'd be like a cool, like odd couple weird thing. And to have Hook not acknowledge it at first. I just, I think there's a lot of meat on this bone and I think they should really gnaw at it. So that's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hook and Danhausen. Hookhausen. I don't know. Hookhausen. Hookhausen. I want to say very quickly, JC, isn't it funny how the, uh, the and AEW anyway, that the WWE stuff like this is what people like? Yeah, just no, saying. It's, it's, just, just, it's just odd to me. But Well, that's, I think, uh, I don't remember who it said it on. Uh, somebody said it, and they're like, dude, like wrestling is sports entertainment. Professional wrestling is sports entertainment. Sports entertainment is professional wrestling. Yeah. I don't mind AEW is like using it as like a thing against each other because it gets like the the keyboard warriors all hot and bothered, but it's like, they're the same fucking thing, man. It's, just, it's the same thing just with different names and you're choosing to highlight a different aspect of what it is. But that's, what's so great about pro wrestling slash sports entertainment is you does have, you do have the beginning and the end of it. And yeah, AEW's always had it as part of their package. Like that's what the B and the elite guys are. It's, some of it's off TV, their backstage stuff. Orange Cassidy's always been like the ha ha stuff. And it's one of the most overacts and has been since the inception of AEW. So it's always going to be there. And it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's you can't make it all the same thing like that's one thing you have to have different types of things throughout the show because it's a show it's a long program you don't want the same thing for two hours you have little different flavors and this is a nice flavor that helps stand out you know if hook beats up uh dan Housen and takes one of his teeth i think that'd be hysterical because he wants a bag of money or bag of teeth that was his original thing so i could see him either giving him money or a bag like a bag of teeth and then like they bond over teeth i think that'd be hysterical <laughs> like hook Hook with like having like, you know, one of Dan Housen's teeth to me would be hysterical because he's like, not only did he beat me, but he has my tooth. You know, like it'd be, what does that mean? You know, like I have to curse him. Ah! You know, it's just like whatever. He's like, he's just like Pee Wee Herman with, with like face pain. It's just, it, it, it works for me. I, I can't help it. I just, I love Dan Housen. Can't get enough of him. It's a perk because it's like the great thing about him is they don't go overboard with him. It's just quick comedy ah. relief and short stints and it works. Potato chips, you know, it's just, it's just like it just doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it is what it is. All right, so now you got out of your hope. It's time to give our comeback. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay, so I was going to give my comeback to somebody I was actually excited to see. I completely forgot that she was gone. She came back. Becky Lynch came back like a sack of shit looking like she was upset, and then she was so... Then she turned into crazy Becky, and then she was like, my precious. And I was like, well, wait a minute here. Lord of Rings. The Lord of the Ring, maybe, perhaps? Making a reference to my precious cha- you know, championship title. And I went, oh, okay, this is interesting. I'm very excited. And then she said, folks, I was going to give Becky my comeback. She said, I could make a comeback. I'm the best at making a comeback. And then, of course, we hear... And then the crowd went nuts. And I'm going to give my comeback to Asuka because I was like, good God, that woman can just dance and do whatever and just look like a multicolored, nonsensical kind of dragon-like creature and then she comes in spin fist and kicks and right into your heart and i was so excited because all i could think about was keep becky away from bianca for a while let's do that for as long as we possibly can maybe becky wins money in the bank and loses that'd be fun or hold on to money in the bank she'd be becky in the bank i think that'd be pretty good becks in the bank would be good becks in the bank would be good i think because she said she's money and stuff like that like i i can see that happening but oscar needed to come back oscar is a huge get for monday night raw and i think She'll squeeze in that second tier women's storyline real well because the crowd gets up for her. She does a lot of fun stuff. We both know that the the matches are great, but mm-hmm. she's also like just ridiculous. 
just ridiculous. So yeah, it brings some nice like top of the order depth, I think, to the Raw Women's Division because we're kind of like you know Bianca's probably going to make the tour now of a lot of like the other women on the roster, so it makes sense like if Becky's going to be around, like what's the most effective way to use her? It's with Oscar, and they can have a long term story because obviously when when Becky left for motherhood, she pretty much gave the title to Oscar because Oscar had won Money in the Bank, so there's a lot of deep rooted story there they can go with and. You know, we know that Becky obviously loves working. Everyone loves working with Oscar because Oscar's great. And like you said, like she's another plug and play. Like she's gonna get a reaction because she is so good. You can trust her to do anything, like in, on any end of the spectrum, from comedy to serious to whatever you want to do. Like she's she's just good. So having her back on the Raw Women's Division, I think is that's what's exciting for me about Raw right now is they're just adding to their depth. And like in the three hour show, I think it's gonna help keep everything fresh because you just can keep cycling people around. And maybe like like this week we didn't have to go heavy on Rhea Live, which has been a big thing because we had more of this. So it's like it kind of gives that a little bit of a breather. So next week, if they go heavier on it, it feels like okay, we're still into this. So I do like that. I like that they're kind of starting to maximize it. And it's exciting to get all these people back. And obviously, I think this means that uh, when Bailey does return. And she'll probably go to SmackDown, um, you would think. But who knows? You never know. But I think this is a, a big comeback for Raw, for sure. I would think Bailey would come back to be upset that Sasha has those tag titles with somebody else. I mean, that seems like the most logical thing you would think of, right? I could see it. I could see her being like, dude, we're best friends. What the fuck? You know, like, and then be like, then Sasha has to choose. And, you know, I would be okay because then Sasha could turn on Naomi. And there's a few there that I wouldn't mind watching. Sasha and Naomi someday will be good, but I think those two are going to hold that thing for a long time. You're probably right because everybody else that's held it is just kind of well because I think Vince just, to the next person. The what do you, I think when the women's tag titles are most effective, it's when it's on two of the top women because they're like, oh, we can have them on Raw and SmackDown. It doesn't matter. Like Carmel and Zelina are awesome, but it's like putting them on both shows. It doesn't really move the needle. But you get to run out Sasha and Naomi's entrance. You can do that at every show, and they're over. So I think that's why they kind of like it. And that's why I think like with the tag titles, the men's tag titles are seeing like, we can kind of do the same things, whether it's Usos, RK Bro, or then the Street Profits. So I think that's good. But WrestleMania, my comeback, I'm going down to NXT because Roxanne, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep seeing today, but Roxanne Perez officially debuts on NXT TV. She had a match on level up the week before, but uh, formerly of Roxy, the former ring of honor women's champion. I believe she's only like 20. Um, so she is another young gun that they're adding to the NXT women's division. And I think the way they debuted her, they told you immediately, like, yeah, she's a serious player because the first time we're seeing her, she's mingling with toxic attraction, uh, which obviously is the creme de la creme down at NXT. Uh, she had a good match with JC Jane, picked up the win. She'll probably fight Gigi Dolan this week. Who knows? Pick but, up another win, upset victory. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of things you can do with her. Obviously, she's super talented. We know she has a good relationship with Cora Jade, so I'm sure they'll probably be like buddy teammates taking on the big bad toxic attraction at some point. So, But I'm excited for her. I've been excited for her since the rumors started of her signing with WWE, her starting with WWE because she does seem extremely talented. And I think just looking at her, even though she isn't big, like she's a smaller girl, like a lot of them are down there. She like has that. I can see it immediately. Like when she gets in the rain, I'm like, yeah, I can see this with her. I think she's going to be a big star in this company for years to come. She's only 20, so we don't need to rush it. But I think with an impact like that in her first night, like I'm like, yeah, I see it immediately. You can tell she's more polished than you'd expect for like a 20 year old. I'm fine with saying she's much more polished than Cora Jade already. So I think she's someone that is an immediate player in NXT and just, man, that division is so freaking deep. So I, I'm excited. And that's why she gets my comeback. Wow. Well. I didn't know how much you loved Roxy, so that that's uh, that's. 
That's, that's, that's the other part I loved is they were chanting Roxy, Roxy. And it was the genius part of the name is her name was Roxy, R-O-K-C. Now they made it Roxanne. So if you're chanting Roxy, you're cheering the shortened version of Roxanne. So this is probably the most genius name change they've done because the, the fans can chant Roxy all they want. And you're, you're chanting for her either way. So it's it was a slam dunk home run. Kudos to whoever came up with that name. Slam dunk home run touchdown turkey. Yep. Great. Anyway, let's get into the big old finish. We got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot going on here. We haven't really talked a lot about NXT and AW, so this is probably the part where we should get into that. Yes. Uh, quickly, though, on SmackDown, we do have another IC title match. Ricochet taking on another giant, Shanky. Uh, well, assuming another big pin for Ricochet to knock down, but I love to see it. Charlotte and Rousey in a beat the clock, I quit challenge. Who knows who it'll be against? Maybe it's against Gulak. And then beat McIntyre the, beat the, beat and Zane the He'll beat the clocks up there with cage matches and lumberjack matches. It's up there. It's not great. Beat the clock. It's not, not great. great. But that's why we're just going to kind of brush over. But that's what you have to look forward to. I'm excited for Ricochet Shanky because I don't think I've ever really seen Shanky out of a tag team. So I'm curious about that. But in NXT, you mentioned it. They do have a loaded show tonight, Tuesday, depending on where you're listening to this. Uh, we have Nathan Frazier from NXT UK making his debut in WrestleMania. I have seen nothing of him, but I know our boy Grimwood is very hyped on him. Are you familiar with Nathan? I, am, uh, I have dabbled with him. I have not been as good as the 1N has. So I will take the 1N and listen to what he says because... Uh, he's across the pond and he knows these things. So I'm going to be interested and then see if uh, all, all the hype is real. Because I feel like yeah. here's the thing. And this is this is not to say all British wrestlers are this way. I mean, obviously, yes, boy is a different kind of feeling. I love it. I got my kids to say yes, boy. I love it. I love pretty deadly. <laughs> but I'm a good I'm a good dad. My kids also, by the way, my kids are awesome. So I say to them, what does Macho Man Randy Savage say? And I do this and they go. Ooh, yeah. It's the most adorable thing ever. But anyway, <laughs> Yes Boy. I started doing Yes Boy because I fucking love Pretty Deadly. So, like, there are some people who have charisma over there. But I feel like some of the guys, like A-Kid and then, you know, this guy that's coming in, I don't necessarily feel like there's a lot of three-dimensional. They're going to need something gimmick-wise or yeah. manager-wise or something. Like, it's – I agree. Because, like, A-Kid in the rain, it's like, whoa, I get it. Yeah. But it's just like – and that can work in NXT, but it's just like – you, you're going to need more if you're going to translate to the top of the NXT card and never mind the main roster. Right, so. and I agree. I mean, like, Pretty Deadly to me is just like, I just, I cannot, they translate. I cannot get enough of them because you saw they won the championships two weeks ago. This past week, they had, like, pretty much the entire, like, it was them. The whole, like, the beginning, the middle, and the end was them. And they I were went, getting legit heat, too, which is and, what they and wanted And I thought they did get. a great job with it. So, like, when, you you know, you say, that, you know, the newcomers coming over for NXT UK, that's great. But Pretty Deadly to me is the quintessential, like, blueprint for, like, you already have to be established with a three-dimensional character to come over. Because I feel like NXT, the crowd in general will eat it up. We know that. But you got to have some character. So I'm nervous for people like that that don't have them. Because I think that, that's kind of a dead issue. Because, like, yeah. what are you going to end so up may with? Maybe, maybe Frazier will develop that. I don't know. His name's very generic, too. But I'm curious to see. This is a debut. We also have... Uh, Nikita Lyons v. Lash Legend 2. I would continue. I would think we can continue the Nikita thing unless if Lash cheats. But, you know, this is going to be a highly viewed uh, match. I would say that uh, Natty costs Nikita after their last Ooh. promo backstage because nobody messes with the boat. And the other one said she was flexible. So let's let's go. Let's go. I like that. Uh, now I got to calm you down a little by yeah. telling you we have a six person mixed tag where we have Legato taking on Briggs Jensen and the girl that follows them around. The girl that follows them around. I don't, oh, you know, don't know her name. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it's not. I, it's, it's not Tatum Paxley. I don't know. Fallon something maybe. Fallon, as in like Jimmy Fallon. I don't know, but yeah, no, that's, that's any, anything thing. with that cowboy gimmick. I'm out. I'm out. 
I'm I'm cowboy out. I, I, Wrestle anti-cowboy. I am anti-cowboy. Well, I am. I'm sorry. Well, how about that? Can I interest you in a little bit of the... Hey! hey! The Donna of NXT, Tony D'Angelo, is taking on Zion Quinn. Uh, yeah, so this this will probably be a pretty physical Listen, match. Listen, the fish on the, the car was great. Fish I loved the, it. Then the, 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 the goons that attacked uh, Del Phasmo, whatever the hell they're fucking called. I don't know. Legato Del Fantasma. There's too much words there. Just I honestly necessarily hate... I kind of enjoy them because their entrance theme is really fun, and the NXT yeah. crowd like chanted it. Dun, dun, dun. It's fun. I just Santos is really good. The other two is. guys are whatever. They are. And I know you like Electra. I so. do, but here's the other thing though. Like as a package, I get it. Right? Like it, 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 it. On television, all four of them make sense. It makes perfect sense. The problem is, and I hate to be a, a side shamer, but like, if he was bigger. I'd take him more seriously. Like he's he's gonna be really good. He he's, was cruiserweight champion no, for I a reason. That I'm just saying. Unfortunately, there is a ceiling for this. Like, yeah, mid card, which is them. fine. No, that's not a problem. No, I know. I just he's gonna make a lot of money regardless. I mean, yeah, it, it just, he's super talented. He's good in the ring. When he eventually gets out there, Vince will like it because he, he can throw well. him out there. He speaks very well. Very, he does. very well. And that is the other. That is the yes. underrated part of it. The yes. things that like Andrade and stuff couldn't give you that yep. Santos can give you. And he does. He has that like larger than life feeling. Now, yes, I agree on the size, but I just think he's a guy that if they do invest in him, I think it can be really worthwhile for them. So. I mean, I just, I just foresee him getting a serious tone when he gets up to the main roster and then just, you know, 24-7. I don't know. I just... It could happen. It is what it is. Phantasmo. Anything else on NXT that you're excited I about? I don't think so. There could be enough maybe in this morning that I missed, but we're going to head over to Dynamite in WrestleMania. I didn't watch this live, but people were saying that they kind of just threw up the graphic of Dax versus Cash and Excalibur just motor mouth through it. Bummy, and bummy. I watched it and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The disrespect, this match, like, are you kidding me? These two facing off one-on-one, like, that's going to be incredible. It's an Owen Hart qualifier, Dax versus Cash, one, only one member of FTR. They both tweeted this is the one and only time we're going to try to make Brett and Owen proud. So I just, I have a feeling this thing is going to be the ultimate, like, oh you know, CM God. Punk has all the throwbacks. I think these two are going to, CM Punk's on commentary. When so it, when this, this, when this, this is going to be for you as a heart boy. Oh You're going to be sitting there like, this is so. This is this is where I don't. If this ends, I'm telling you right now, and you'll you'll know exactly how I feel, JC. So I can paint you a picture. If this ends with the WrestleMania 10, Owen Hart on the shoulders of Brett. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I think, I think Brett goes for the roll, and then Owen holds him in the corner. One, two, three, hooks it, and he wins. He bounces. If that's the finish, I'll be happy. I'll be fucking happy because there's a lot of WrestleMania 10 here that I'm sure they're gonna give a, a poetry note to, uh, but. Uh, are you picking Dax to win is my main question. Because I feel like that's what everyone's thinking. But here's why I think we could have the surprise and Cash could win. It's an Owen Hart qualifier. Not Dax Hart. really seems like the big Brett guy. So that would make Cash more the Owen guy. I would, so you would think the more Owen guy would qualify for the Owen Hart tournament. But then again, like in terms of singles wrestler, like Dax feels like the bigger deal. So I'd go either way. But you know what? I'll pick the upset in Cash. I like that you went upsetty. I didn't think that was going to be a case here. But you made a really, really good case for it however i gotta go with dax the axe because honestly they've been giving him singles matches so i feel like this owen hart qualifier means that he's gonna real really wrestle against guys in the owen hart title or tournament whatever because it feels like samoa joe is gonna beat dax or something or like the other people that are in it it's just i know go to sleep it's samoa joe yeah, we're not going to reference that, but Nestle Mania, and speaking of going to sleep, I know you're excited for this one. A 10-man tag, the Undisputed Elite taking on Dante Martin, the Vastity Blondes, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. Line them up, knock them down. Oh, you're a 23-year-old young stud on the AW roster. We're feeding you to the Undisputed Elite, baby. 
You know, I just don't care. I just... I don't so either. We don't we, talk we, about so it. Here's, here's, skip it. here's something we can talk real two seconds about, right? Forbidden Door, pay-per-view. Excited or not? Are you going to buy I'm it? Not Are you going to watch it no. live? So here's, here's my take as me as a... I love AEW, but I don't really watch New Japan. So a lot of this is kind of like the Ring of Honor stuff. It feels like it's taken away from what I like. I bought the last, I think, two or three AEW pay-per-views. But this one is like... I don't want to call it their version of Survivor Series, Battle for Brand Supremacy, but that's kind of what like it seems like, as if it's just going to be matches between one versus the other. Like, sure, there are dream matches, but like this pay per view is really leaning into like your core audience, like the the 500k that watch Rampage every week live. Like, that's who this is for. In terms of broadening your fan base and stuff, maybe this helps overseas, but I don't think this is adding anything to like your not like not so much casual fans because I watch every week, but people that like. You know, we what we like AEW and what AEW is, but bringing in this other stuff, like, I just don't watch as much because I don't have time, so I don't know what a lot of these people are. I've heard of some of them, but it just, it feels like a lot of clutter around AEW, and I think this is cool. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a cool thing. And I don't, it's not something I should say they shouldn't do, but for me personally, I will not be spending my hard-earned money on this because to me, it just, eh, it doesn't move it for me personally. I get for a, for their main fan base, the core diehard fans, it is a big deal. But I just, I don't think it's, for me, it isn't. It just isn't. I mean, at the end of the day, it also come down to money, right? So I don't, I mean, they'll probably make a decent amount of money. I don't think it'll be that profitable. And I'm not saying they won't sell out or that they won't have merchandise or these amazing moments. Oh, the arena will definitely sell it'll, out. There's it'll plenty, sell out. There's that, plenty of not, people that come out I, of their business. But I, I tend to agree with you that, like, there is a, a, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I'm just saying it to be like, this is how I, I watch AEW. Half the time I'm going, who the fuck is this guy, right? Yeah. And then like you get to now you now you jam in Ring of Honor or you jam in NJP and it's just like I just I look at it and I'm like I know our boy Conway is probably going to f- strangle me through his speakers, but like when you watch New Japan you're thinking to yourself like who's going to translate over? We know Tanahashi, we know Okada, you know like those guys are shoe-ins. Jay White, Bullet Club against Undisputed Elite seems like a real thing, but like it just gets to a point where, like, okay, cool. But if you continue to do it, you like you said, you're not getting more eyeballs on, you know, AEW. You're getting more eyeballs on New Japan, which maybe that's yeah. what you're supposed to do in this situation. But I, I'm looking at it like, is it going to – to me, it, again, it's not going to get new eyeballs from the WWE or people who have forgotten about wrestling to come see it. Because I don't think it's easy for a new person that has forgotten about wrestling, a casual fan that shows up for Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, or just these big events, they're going to ask the same question I just did. Who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is this woman? You know what I mean? Like, they're going to do that. And I think that's the hardest mountain for them to climb is they're so in love with, look at all we're doing. Look at all this positive stuff we're doing. But it's it's falling on deaf ears because what are you doing? You're just, you're you're catering, like you said, you're pandering to a core audience, which again is great. But as you look in the ratings, it's actually diminishing slowly yeah. but surely. And it doesn't make any sense to me because you think they're doing all this goodwill, but I think they're actually hurting their bottom line and like they're they're kind of alienating the bigger picture with a lot of like these people that are huge wrestling fans. And I I think you kinda have to kind of sports entertain it up a little bit. Yeah, no, that's the, that's my issue is I think Khan and company, they're so immersed in like the Twitter area, which wrestling Twitter is such a, in terms of huge audience, like it's a small percentage, like it's majority of people who watch, like it's a lot of the AEW because it's like that diehard, like, yeah, yeah, which is like, it's great, but it's like, it's only a percentage of what's really out there. 
I mean, you see it when like the WWE, just the difference in reactions people get to what people feel like them on Twitter just shows you that that isn't the majority of the audience. You know what I mean? So, and then Connie's obsessed with like the bots and everything being like, oh, we got bots and all this. So I think it's just like, you got to take a step back because for me, like the last month or so of AEW, it hasn't been great. Like I'm enjoying like the MJF stuff, the Wardlow stuff, like your core AEW stuff is still good. It's just, I'm getting so much less of it and less of the characters that I've come to know and that you've developed over these last couple couple years as an AEW brand, because you're bringing in all this reign of honor stuff on the side. Now you have all Jay white and all this new Japan stuff popping up everywhere. It's just like, it's a lot of clutter. I think less is more. And it just, it's, you know, they debuted all these, like, like these funny, like, Swerve and Keith Lee, we've barely seen. They've been buried on Rampage. Like, I want to see more of them and stuff like that, as opposed to, like, you know, Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal on my TV every week and this stuff. So, I just think it's a lot right now that they're taking on, and I think they need to figure out a way to get, before this pay-per-view comes especially, is get Ring of Honor in its own space, because you pretty much have three promotions on one show, and I think it's just diminishing what makes your show so great, and that's that core that you built, so... Yeah, I think they need to tread carefully. Like I said, I still think it's a cool idea. I think it's awesome that they're doing it. But for me personally, it's not going to get my money. It's just not. Fair enough. Rest of the card, we can go through it quickly. Sheeta Deeb, part 15 in a Philly street fight. Wardlow taking on Lance Archer. Like, just keep feeding Wardlow, big guys. And then a TNT title ladder match between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. Do they flip this belt again, WrestleMania? Nobody asked for a ladder match. Not in any way did either of them even, even remotely need to say ladder I match. I think it was like, Tony Khan's like trying second. to erase Cody. No, no, but like, here's the thing, right? Like, the funny part was, was, was just like, literally, they had already made the match, and like, at the end, Sammy, Sammy was like, Ladder match, bitch. You know, it was just like, whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And I just was like, okay, I think you're right. I think they're trying to eradicate everything. Because Cody was a three-time champ. Now Sammy's a three-time champ. He has, His he last has a- match in AEW was that incredible ladder match with that great spot from Sammy. Yep. They're going to try to recreate it with Scorpio. I, I think, honestly, I think Scorpio is going to win it back. Because I, I, I thought that was more of like a shock thing they did anyways, just to get Sammy extra heat. But... I feel like Scorpio and Lambert had like a lot of potential with that belt on them long term. I mean, the, Sammy and T- Ty are so fucking insufferable that Dan Lambert's fucking getting huge babyface reactions. Like the freaking misogynistic fucking piece of shit guy is getting huge reactions because that's how unlikable Sammy and Tay are together. Which hey, good for them. Like if you, you get that type of reaction, it's better than no reaction. So they've instantly become big heels. But it's just like. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I don't want to get fatigued of it because I mean I thought this Scorpio thing was really cool and but whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Sammy is they're gonna they're gonna continue to see that as a hot hand, so they're gonna continue to, to go to it. So I'm gonna pick Sammy. Boo. Anything else on uh, AW Dark? Whatever. I think that's it. Or elevation or. Anything? I didn't see anything on Rampage. Jade got her thirtieth win against Shafir. They built her up to knock her down, right? So there you go. Dude, I, I just love that they're leaning into the stable of her with my girl Kiara in Red Velvet. I like just getting Kiara Hogan Red on Velvet. TV, baby. I love the idea break. of Jade having like a posse because Jade is such a badass. She should have a following. No, this is going to upset you. Do you think they put they, they don't they put them with her because they're not going to get on TV any other way or like? Well, Red Velvet's in the Owen Hart tournament, so oh, she's fine. Okay. She always seems to have a spot in the women's division, but Kiara literally hasn't doesn't get right, on TV. Doesn't get on TV at all. So I think it's huge to her to be a part of this. Like that's my thing is AEW has a huge roster and they have a lot of super talented people they don't use because they're mixing in New Japan and Ring of Honor. Like so, any way you can get some of these super young, awesome talent that people like and want to see more of is good. So like Jade's one of the biggest stars, if not one of the biggest star in their freaking brand. It's like, 
Stick Kiera with her for now. Let her ride the coattails until she's ready and she can prove to Tony, like, yeah, I deserve to be on TV. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I just, I know you're a big Jade guy, so I just wanted to make sure that. Yeah. How can, do Jade, like, her presentation is amazing. It's probably the best thing AEW has done in a long time. Like, just, but just leaning into her and letting her be herself. Like, this is a great decision because she is green like money. Like, she's just good. Everything she does is good. Her promos are the best things on AEW. Her and MJF. Let them be themselves. Let them carry the torch. Then when Miro comes back, you're going to be like, them, them, and Miro. But that's I mean, the Miro, Miro backstage. Anyway. So he's shooting movies, though. Miro's big time, baby. Big time Miro. That's fine. All right, anything yeah. else? We're going to hit the road here. I think right? that's it, baby. All right, on that note, I think we should wrap this shit up. We're going to one, two, three, get out of here. Uh, please listen to the, to the Jobberknocker each and every week. We'll be back next week with more Jobber knockery. Roxanne, da-na-na-na-na. Roxanne, da-na-na-na-na.